Hello and welcome to episode three of Exit the Stage Door. I'm so glad that you're still here. I'm glad that I'm still here. This is all very new and exciting and I am so happy to be able to introduce this next conversation that I had with Liz Maestri. Uh, it was really great. I knew it was going to be fantastic. She was one of the first people that I ever wanted to have a conversation with. Her play, uh, her play Fall Bile is something that's very close to my heart. She talks about Sophia Scholl, uh, German resistance uh, member who is executed. Um, we talk about all that a lot, and uh, that, that hits a sweet spot because, you know, I'm a I'm a German studies major, so German cultural studies is a thing, and I participate in that thing, and it was great to talk with her about it, how she came to be interested in it, and then I discovered that she was a recovering stage manager, and that was really so interesting. It was great to talk with her, and when we, when that, when it took a turn like that, when we started talking about something that, an experience that I, that the podcast is so much about, is bringing the perspective of the of the people who have the experience of running shows, which is not something that the public is necessarily aware of. It's, it's something that I want I want people to understand a lot more, and she was right there on that wavelength, and it, it was a delight to talk with Liz. Um, you should totally check out her Tumblr, Liz Maestri, M-A-E-S-T-R-I.tumblr.com, her website, lizmaestri.com. She's the author of Somersaulting, Fall Bile, Condo, Condo, Condo Land, which sounds fun, and there's a really cool picture on her website that's from a production of that show. It's really great. Um, it was a blast to talk to her. I'm so glad you guys have stuck around. I can't say that. Uh, enough, but I'm going to stop boring you. Let's get straight to this awesome conversation that took place on on the that took place on the historic Landsberg stage, which was super cool and a wonderful uh, little coincidence. Uh, I used to work at Shakespeare, and uh, they were kind enough to let me use the stage, and uh, that's the place that uh, Liz had her first theater experience way back in the day, and it was very cool uh, to give her that moment. Uh, thanks for joining us. And I hope you enjoy episode three, Liz Mastry. Testing one, two, three. I can hear you just <laughs> fine. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Excellent. <clears throat> oh wait. <laughs> oh, I'm so nervous. I am too, actually. Why are you? Why are you nervous? <laughs> it's you're like the master of, this, <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> I've done, this is my third. <laughs> well, you did a really long, <laughs> you did a really long one with Patrick, right? Yes, I did. And that's going to drop uh, the second part of that, which is so much fun because we talk about The Room for a really long time and bad movies in general. Oh. Because he has okay. a class concept that's super exciting, which I love. So <laughs> He likes to talk, that boy. Yes, he does. He's very good at it as well, so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad that we're both equally shaking in our boots. <laughs> it does help. Or whatever. Yes. I try to set you at ease, but I'll be just as nervous, so we'll see how well that goes. <laughs> I have a blank sheet in front of me, too, so that's as terrifying Oh, I don't have any gets. notes. Is that bad? No, I never used it properly, so it's there because, in theory, I think I'm supposed to do something with it. Oh, okay. Might help with the show notes later. I'll write down things and plugs and stuff like oh, that. okay. Like your website. <laughs> click, click. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a Tumblr? A Tumblr? I do. Yes. Okay. I have to track that down. I think I actually do follow you, but I 
Is it just, I'm trying to remember what the, because I've never actually got like, gone, I don't know the link, like the actual link that oh, you type yeah. it, because it's just, I logged in, and so I just go to it, and I don't think about it. Right. I guess it's just my name? I imagine you'd be able to get your name. I don't think you use fancy names on Tumblr. Uh, yeah, I'm, I have limited experience with the I Tumblr. Don't <laughs> I don't know. I did it because they told me to do it. So. <laughs> Who's they in that case? Just, I don't know. The social media <laughs> gods. I don't know. There's Actually, I like it. I like being able to post pictures and mm-hmm. things like that. So, Yeah, the social media pressure is pretty... It's self-inflicted, but like peer... It's a weird sort of peer pressure because yeah. the shaming doesn't involve like your presence. Yeah. Well, people are like, you have to, you know, you have to use it. You have to, you have to show people who you are and right. you reach all these people, you know, but I, I find it really anxiety. It's, it's just, it, it's, it triggers all, all of my anxiety, <laughs> 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 but I, I use it anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, so are we rolling? Is oh this yeah, it? we've oh, been rolling God. for a while. Yeah, yeah. I like. You're to, not gonna. And you're, you don't edit any nope, of these, do you? Nope. This is I horrible. Just like to ease into it, so we've got a <laughs> flow going before we really get to the meat of it. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you're a tricky man. Uh, I try. So, uh, I'm trying to think of the first time. I mean, I moved to I moved to DC. So you've heard this probably, but uh, I moved to D.C. like two years ago, uh, a little over two years ago. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Okay. So I haven't been around for very long, but one of the first things that I encountered was the D.C. theater scene Twitter, mm-hmm. and one of the first things that I remember is hearing about Fall Bile. Are you talking about the D.C. theater scene, the the blog? The No. Okay. I, I realize that the, that is an official thing. I should rearrange that. The community of uh, theater the cloud, makers. The cloud <laughs> of DC theater. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, hashtag, sorry, hashtag DC theater scene. I didn't mean to <laughs> stomp on your turf there. It's well-trod turf. I don't, anyway. Um, but you fall bile. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was intrigued immediately because I, uh, am, I have a master's in German cultural studies. Very cool. I, uh, I spent a year in Munich mm-hmm. and I, took two courses at the Ludwig Maximilians Universität and I walked through Geschwister Schollplatz quite often so it was like whoa what's going on oh yes I have to oh so and then and then I didn't get a chance to see it because my only only vacation was during the two weeks of Capringe and I went walking in the Shenandoah National Forest instead which you know yeah, I'm not gonna hold that against you. Sure, uh, it was a thing. Things happened. Mostly mm-hmm. walking, lots mm-hmm. of walking, by myself. Anyway, uh, but I would love to talk about like where did so, so. Let me let me put it in another way. <clears throat> the nexus of that idea, it's so perfectly situated in German culture, mm-hmm. like that, like trying to understand. Muslims and the Turkish culture and and how that is actually pretty deeply embedded for about 50 to 60 years in a not even very subtle undercurrent of German culture. So like that's some of the things that we had to talk about. We had to deal with like, why is there a dinner kebab stand on every street corner in Germany? Mm-hmm. And then you hear about the Gastarbeiter and all that. So I would like to start with what brought you to the idea? Or maybe you should, maybe not everybody knows the play or the concept of the play. So 
we should probably talk about that first. Well, I, it's a um, really the the it started because I'm obsessed with Sophie Scholl, mm-hmm. who it, it is very famous in Germany and not famous here. I'm not sure why, but she I guess she just sort of I don't know not part of the American zeitgeist or something. <laughs> but um, she was a resistance fighter, uh, and she and her brother and a few other people who were not in the I really. I'm taking a lot of liberties. Sure, I'm, yeah. not a, I'm not a historian. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm obsessed with her journey as someone who um, knew full well that she would probably lose her life for resisting um, the Third Reich. And she distributed leaf. All she did was yeah. write leaflets. All they did, it's part of the, the, the resistance movement was called the White Rose. And they distributed anti-war leaflets. That's all they did. <laughs> And um, they were caught. Uh, something that really intrigued me about the actual capture is that, if I you know know the history correctly, uh, so that they were between classes at the university, and there's a giant atrium, which mm-hmm. is what you're referencing. And um, she she threw, uh, she put down a stack of leaflets. <coughs> excuse me, and then uh, left. And then I think it was something like if. Sorry, it's been a while since I've, <laughs> since I've done on my reading, but I believe she, she turned back around because she had a few more leaflets in mm-hmm. her satchel and decided to throw them over the side of the, of the balcony onto the atrium floor. And a janitor saw her do this and yelled and everything else. Uh, any, anyway, so um, everybody, the, long story short, everybody <laughs> gets captured. Uh, she had a trial. I think she was in prison for three days. Had a trial, and then at in the people's court. So it wasn't right. all that fair. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and um, was executed the, at 5 p.m. the same day um, with her brbrother. Was so, she actually guillotined? Yes. Yeah, that's yes. interesting. Uh, and which is what <laughs> fall by all means, by the way. Yes. And uh, so I'm getting flustered just thinking about it. I wanted to write a, I, I knew who she was because mm-hmm. I had studied, not to the extent you have, but I studied German in school, in high school and in college, and um, was just obsessed with her life, obsessed with the way that she saw the world, mm. the way that she loved being at nature. I, I felt very kind of like a kindred spirit with mm-hmm. this girl. And I was the same age when I was uh, learning about her too. Uh-huh. And, um, and I tend to write about people who I, I tend to write about things that terrify me. And I was, I, like I said, I became obsessed and I was thinking about her all the time and what that would have been like to be in that cell for those, that mm. period of time. And then I think, and then just to be, to be beheaded in, in mm. such a, there's a lot I could say about this. I don't want to spend the whole time talking about gruesome things, but there's something so chilling about how systematic and how clean everything mm. was. You know, it, it was, it's, I just saw Marie Antoinette, so I've been thinking about oh, yeah, these types really. of things yeah. <laughs> lately, lately meaning the last two days. And, um, uh, this, you know, this, there was no mob scene. There mm-hmm. was no, you know, outdoor, you know, this kind of dirty, you know, it's, she's in a very sterile, you know, prison. 
I, and and I and the, the the executioner wore like a top hat and the I mm-hmm. think the film the fi- I didn't see the film but I think the film did this and it shows this tiled room and an executioner in in, in a tux basically in a a top hat and I was just I I you know, I I had to write the play or other, I was having nightmares mm. all the time it, it, I I've never had nightmares like that in my life hmm. anyway. This is apparently this is my therapy, <laughs> public therapy session. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Anyhow, <laughs> I'm afraid of death <laughs> and terror. <laughs> so I'll write a play about it. Why not? That's what we do, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Uh, rather successfully, as or at least as the community has assessed it for whatever it's worth. I don't, were you pleased with it? The play? Yeah. Yes. I the the fringe production mm-hmm. was. I was like blown away mm-hmm. by what and you interviewed Danielle mm-hmm. who I can't stand her but <laughs> um, Field Trip is, is fantastic uh, I couldn't believe what they did I mean yeah. that, that was a show that had to be up and out in 15 minutes yeah. and they approached it in in such a profession I just I was just blown away mm. if, mm-hmm. if, if, for those out there if you can work with Field Trip work with Field Trip because they're amazing um the play itself, I, it's actually the play I have the least amount of confidence in, to mm, be perfectly honest with you, because um, I don't really know what I'm trying to say oh, yeah. with it yet. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but it's also the play that I've had the most workshops mm. on, and the most, so it could be an example of something that I just, I've spent too much time with. I don't know. But it's it's a tough, I think, and it's such an, an emotion. All of my plays that are the highest level have the highest emotional. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Connection to mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. are the hardest ones because I can't step back from it, and I have to be able to step back. So I've actually mm-hmm. put Fall by away for a little while, and and I don't know what's what's going to happen to it. But I'm so in love with so many things in that play mm. and I want to do it justice that's uh yeah <laughs> I, well and the, the thing um before we move on really quickly one thing I I could be misremembering this because it, it was it's been <coughs> a long time since I was actually on Geschwister Schauplatz or in that atrium but that f- leaflets fluttering to the ground is a potent image mm-hmm. uh and very famous in Germany, and I believe the monument, the memorial to it, not a monument, is bronzed yep. leaflets in yep. the in the floor of the atrium, which is yep. such a German thing. Their <laughs> grasp of meaning and metaphor in architectural form is completely amazing. Wow! One of the things. I always come back to this when I tell people about like the German sense of, of a building and m- memorializing and what it, and, and how to think about what the building means in the context of culture is the 1972 design for the Olympic Park in Munich. Um, so famously, 1936 was the last time that they had hosted an Olympics, and that was, of course, during the Nazi period. And the Nazis had very specific ideas about, about shapes and what was proper Hmm. and everything is rectilinear absolutely everything in berlin on those places is rectangles squares Mm -hmm. monumentally large and just straight lines everywhere so 
they built, and actually this is the picture on the front of my blog, um, is a picture I took from the Olympic Mountain. Mountain. Um, uh, that's in air quotes just for our <laughs> listeners. Um, they went to great lengths to ensure that there was not a single straight line anywhere mm. in the park. Everything is curves. The undulating roof around the Olympic Stadium, the only things that were actually straight lines were things that had to be straight lines, like the swimming pool. Wow. Um, everything else. So, like, the area out there is actually really flat, and the Olympic Mountain is a massed pile of rubble and debris left over from World War II, which they carted out to the outskirts of the city and greened over. They created a meandering English garden style hmm. green space with uh, the water course running through it for the for those Olympic events. And um, actually the housing is the only thing that's kind of rectilinear and it's these weird like pods stacked on each other in sort of ziggurat patterns. Um, but sort of like their idea of themselves as a reaction to their previous idea of themselves is inscribed in the landscape itself. It's, yeah. It's in- they're intentional. Yeah. I love yeah. it. They don't leave anything yep. like that to chance. It's more That's amazing. I, I want to go back. So I, I went there when I was there, meaning Munich, when mm-hmm. I was too young to appreciate it. Yeah. And I, I want to, I don't have a, like a bucket list, but if I had a bucket list, it would I don't, really, it, I, I want to go visit that grave site. Oh, yeah. I I want to go see it. Just, I, I don't know why. I just need to, again, obsession with. Which grave? We're, I the, mean, there's I so think, many. As far as I know, there's um, a little bit of a memorial in the, the grave site outside the prison. Oh, I okay. I think there's a yeah. memorial of some kind. Yeah, there's a graveyard not far from the university's main building. Oh, I meant the outside uh, Shadelheim. Oh, the, the, oh yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah, there's quite a lot of cemeteries in yeah. that mm-hmm. city, some of which are really interesting. Like, the Vest, I think it's the Westfriedhof, where Lenny Riefenstahl was buried. Hmm. Um, I want to say Van Heisenberg is buried there. Too. It's a lot of it's. I you can you could get lost in it quite okay. literally because of their obsession with English garden style. Huh. No pattern to the <laughs> past. Like how did I end up here? What's going on? I've just walked for two miles and I thought <laughs> I ended up. I have no idea where I am. Wow, that's it's awesome. <laughs> oh man, that's when you stumble on the Freya Kripakultur people and they're all naked. Like, what? That's good. Okay. Wait, wait, whoa. What's this? What's this you're talking about? In the English gardens, really high up, um, high up, meaning it kind of out in the eastern part of the sort of, it, it goes along the river, sort of drifts eastward, and right near the Studentenstadt, um, which is where we were housed. I went, I went through, um, there are very few German universities with dorms, and the reason the Munich's university has dorms is because Wayne State University established, helped establish some money and they had a long-standing connection with the university beforehand which is why we were there because we got subsidized housing but up there way out by the Studentenstadt there's this area where you can just be naked I think it might actually extend to the entire English garden but oh, okay. the club itself um, the FKK people um, they like to meet out there because there's fewer tourists like you have to really intentionally be in that part of the English gardens so that's where they hang out naked and if you're not prepared for that it can be quite an interesting accident <laughs> Well, it is Germany. Yes. I mean, there's going to be some naked people. There's just... <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. We we did fall while completely nude. That was how we did this. Sh- that was what we decided. Ulti- I'm sorry you missed the Fringe show. Oh, that's because very fringy. Yeah. It was definitely an all nude. Oh, man. 
it just keeps getting um, better it's yeah. legendary at this it's, point in my mind um, that's the thing you know theater it's fleeting and <laughs> you miss the all nude Sophie Scholl play and now you'll never see it again uh, I'll sorry shut- for you <laughs> I'll shut it here for that and we can uh, we can move on <laughs> uh, what brings you here are you from DC then uh, is anybody uh, from DC? Pretty much. Um, I consider myself from. I didn't grow up, grow up here, mm-hmm. but I consider myself from the Frederick area. Okay. Which is a wonderful little cow town, <laughs> um, nearby, sort of. Yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah, DC area, depending on where you're looking at it from, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, 270 sort of hauls yep. that area it's, in. It's a great street. Yeah. It's great. There's a lot going on. <laughs> 270. Yeah, Frederick. So wh- Where uh, are you from? Where am I from is, <laughs> wow, I hate it when the tables get turned. Uh, that's actually a complicated answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in Michigan. Mm. Uh, spent like eight years until 1987-ish there. Uh, lived in Nebraska for a couple of years. Lived in Colorado for a couple of years. Lived in Pennsylvania for a couple of years. Went to school in Ohio. Went to school in Texas. Went to school in Pennsylvania. Went to work in Texas. Went to New York. Went to... I'm, I know that I'm past growing up, but I, since we're on the topic of moving <laughs> around. Um, then I worked in Louisville for a year, less than a year. Kind of a hot second, like eight months. And then I moved here and that's that, a lot of places that is a lot of places yes You've and i spent a year everywhere. in Germany there yeah been everywhere man it's a lot yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah I, I i like it here i like this part of the world i was born in new york mm. and then i came here and then i went back to new york and then i came back here so it's just a little ping pong <laughs> um yeah dc Oh, and I before because I want to make sure we get this in because this is really important. Yes. That speaking of roots, mm-hmm. we are sitting on the stage at the Landsberg, and this is where I saw my first professional stage play. Which uh, uh, Macbeth? Was it was Stac- Macbeth in 1995. With Stacy Keats. Yeah, I, and I was just so and oh man. I just want to take a minute because because we started real fast. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So I didn't I need I didn't get a chance to take to take a minute and just bask in the fact that I'm sitting here talking to you on this stage where I I just want to that little tear shed. <laughs> I can see my little self out in the audience like oh yeah. I came here on a school trip and saw Macbeth and it was like this cool like this Ming Cho Lee set mm-hmm. with this giant red tree in the middle of this and I was just like wow I, oh, I want I gotta do that and then I wasted like you know 15 years trying to be an actor um, <laughs> which you know what are you gonna do uh, yeah kids you know how kids are yes uh, but yeah okay I've had my moment you can go back to what you were going to say. No, I think I'm, I'm glad you brought it around to that because I, I, I'd like to thank the, thank the uh, Shakespeare Theatre Company for their generous use of the space yes. while it is dark today. Super um, cool. You, we should check out the poster from Macbeth on the way out. Yes, they we are should. very proud of that production in particular. I'm gl- glad I got to sit here. I'm I'm not Iatsi, but I'm still on this stage. And I, <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? Just because you can't do anything about it because you're stuck behind that microphone. I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna touch. Whoa! Wait! What? I oh. just touched the wall. There's I just the touched the wall. <laughs> 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 
I'm not Iazi, and I just touched the wall. Okay, <laughs> I'm done. Well, fortunately for you, Shakespeare <laughs> Theater Company is not a union house. Don't! Okay. So you will, there will be no repercussions for that. Oh, well. <laughs> you really wanted this. <laughs> Iazi, local 22 people to come down in your head. Who are very I nice worked, people. I worked one, one show that, had, that was a union show. Oh, yeah? And, and it was great, because I, I didn't have to do it. Well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get to do anything because they wouldn't let me do anything. Yes. And I was like, guys, guys, the show is happening right now, and it's dark, and there's a giant nail sticking out of the floor in the <laughs> right in front of me. Can I please save someone's foot? And it was like, can't do that. <laughs> was this in New York or DC? This was here. I worked the I, I one of my jobs is uh, Sondheim Festival. Oh, okay. I work merrily we roll along. Oh. Yes. Back in my stage management days. Stage management as well. <laughs> Acting, stage management, playwright. I mostly stage managed. That was what I did for most of my theater career illustrious theater career. Yes. That's wait uh <laughs> I'm absolutely my my career is just as bizarrely although your 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 career isn't actually bizarre i would say you're all you you knew the ballpark you wanted to be in mm-hmm. and you bounced around inside the ballpark a little bit mm-hmm. um take me through that progression though because fa- careers fascinate me how people end up where they are whether they want to be there where they want to be yeah <laughs> it's oh, to terrify speaking of terrifying subjects i i don't want to sound like too much of a downer because i i really wish i had found playwriting a lot mm-hmm. sooner I think, uh, ah, <laughs> ah, um, <laughs> but that's not the, that's not what happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I started out doing, um, a lot of stage management stuff and I started working when I was 18 at, um, Contemporary American Theater Festival mm. in Shepherdstown, West Virginia, which was oh, yeah. awesome. Um, and that was pretty much like. It was like a mini grad school. It was like mini grad school during college, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because it was. I mean, the, the exposure was just. It, you know, it's a small festival, but mm-hmm. when you think about going from not knowing anything to spending an entire summer with a group of professionals and building two. Sh- I, well, I, we were split up, so I was mm-hmm. working two shows, and everyone there were other people working two other shows. But um, building them from the ground up. I mean, the only thing that was, the plays were written, mm-hmm. but they were new plays. And we were there together, living playwrights and directors and actors and just living together and making making it happen. And, um, you know, like crazy 14-hour days. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's, there's really something to be said for um, being, I'm very thankful. Mm-hmm. I should say it this way. I, I, I am very thankful that... I got to do that at 18 because it really set the stage oh. um, for for loving theater and and learning the craft mm-hmm. and respecting the craft. So, yeah. But I was yeah. So I and then I, and then I had a really bad uh, thing that happened, which was that they didn't invite me back. Oh. for a, a third season because they went all equity. Ah, uh, um, yes. But they but they gave me this information on Christmas Day, or it was Christmas Eve, I think? Ooh. Yeah. 
when I, when I, when I was home on, from a break on, in college and um, I was so devastated. I oh, was just yeah. like, what am, this, my life is over. Without CATF, I don't know, this is it. But then it, I, it, I lucked out because um, then I got to do Sondheim Festival mm-hmm. instead, which was a whole different kind of, it wasn't as fun. Mm. But man, I learned a lot being in those rehearsal rooms. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I, again, I'm like, oh, if I'd only been interested in play, because you think about who, you know, oh man, I was in the room with these people and I didn't know how lucky I, like, I didn't know what I had. Yeah. I didn't know what was in front of me. I didn't get it. Um, and even when I was in New York, you know, I was in my mid 20s and, I, you know, I'm like hanging out at New Dramatists and, oh. and I had no idea what was in front. I just didn't get it. Because mm. I was so wrapped up in this idea of being a performer. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you know, that's the way, that's the way things go. So <laughs> you can't, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be an adult and, <laughs> and stop being like, man, if I had just, yeah. man, everything's over, man. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's it is ridiculous. ridiculous, but it's very difficult to overcome that emotional inertia yeah. of regret. Like, yeah. I, cause I totally understand that. I went to school to be a chemical engineer. Oh, really? Wow. Then went to overseas for a year and discovered that my advisors were so wrong about what kind of classes <laughs> I could take in Germany. Um, oh, no. That I came away with a German degree and no chemistry degree, no engineering degree, and nothing of the kind. Uh, I had a four-year scholarship and a very expensive school, Case Western, which is a lovely and amazing university, but expensive. Hmm. Um, so I had a degree and I had to walk away. And the only thing you can do with a degree in German is to get another degree mm-hmm. in German. <laughs> Uh, and then eventually they'll let you teach it. Uh, I discovered what in the course of getting that that I didn't like that part. Not so much the teaching, but the rest of the academic part. I, I, I am, I'd want to be a writer for a really long time. In fact, when I was in Germany... A, a, a playwright? or, or I started off wanting to write movies. I still kind of write, mo- okay. write movies. Um, in Germany, I discovered a website... <laughs> this is so dumb. Uh, a website called ain'titcool.com, <laughs> which has... It, it, is a, a, a fantastic website and run by some amazing people who do who are so enthusiastic for the work that they just networked. They were based in Austin, and Austin has that film festival and that mm-hmm. film school and the indie roots, real connections. Their website design is still awful. It looks gaudy and like amateurs made it, hmm. but the news they dish out is amazing, and it blew my mind. It just opened up the idea of like what's behind the movies and who's involved. And I could do that. That I could do that. I can yeah. do that. I've always had this sense that, like, you know, when you're 12, you some of us write poetry because you feel the urge to express yourself in a way that isn't literal. Mm-hmm. Or I did. I say you, which is incorrect. My experience is not generalized. But um, that that avenue opened up right then. Like, oh, that's how to do it. And then I've spent... So that was in... 2000 that I was in Germany and I've spent every year of my life since then trying to figure out how to be a writer like that. Hmm. Now I have not succeeded. I applied to film schools, didn't get into that hmm. because I discovered it too late and when the, if you're applying for film school they actually want you to have scripts written and stuff like that, yeah. which I didn't. I had short stuff that was garbage because you know, first million words are not necessarily any good. I might still be working on the first million words. Million? Oh well, no. 
<laughs> I know that's, that's not good news. It's a high number, yeah. That's Stephen King's thing from on writing, though. It the was first a million? million. It wasn't. I thought it was something like a hundred. Like was it a hundred thousand? Maybe I'm like a thousand, maybe. Like that is a much more achievable. Well, there was level. like a Malcolm Gladwell number. Yes, and then, the ten thousand hours. And then I have Stephen King's on writing, but I kind of flipped through it. I, <laughs> I need to probably actually read it. It's pretty good. It's surprisingly the practical. parts that I yeah. that I read were pretty good. Yeah, for a guy who writes, like that kind of book like it's not formulaic exactly but there's a who who relies on structure and pattern mm-hmm. um which you which when you're younger when i was younger gosh i keep doing that when i was younger i disrespected because it doesn't have yeah. distinctly flashy style there's no it doesn't feel like there's any elegance to it but that's wrong like his his adherence to structure makes his stories very accessible and understandable because structure is distilled psychology and i didn't understand that when i when i was hmm. writing early on i was always looking for her style which tends to be as you might expect verbose and witty hmm. uh or tries to be witty i don't know if i succeed at that i have to admit i've never read any of stephen king's novels i read i've read a lot of his short stories but mm-hmm. not his novels which is anno- like i should probably i've been thinking about reading the uh what's the one with the towers the, yeah the dark tower the dark series. tower series yeah because i heard i would like that um but i i I love his. I love how weird he is. Yeah, like I yeah. just think like the man is the man's just weird. Yeah, yeah. And the man works hard. That's the other thing that is, he works. Yeah. He writes all day. Yeah. And I, I'm not Stephen King. I yeah. mean, anyway. Yes. Well, but we yeah. all knew that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to have a life where I was just. You know, I shouldn't blame. I shouldn't blame other things. I need to stop doing I need to stop making excuses. I wish I had that kind of discipline. Yeah. That's and that's I aspire to having that kind of discipline. There I said it. It's definitely something. I mean, it's a lot know. easier to make excuses for why you can't yes. do something. Oh yes. Or why you're not, you know. Oh, it's I don't it's kind of you know, it's it's a waste of time. But. Yeah. That? Now I'm just babbling. I don't even no, know what we're talking is, about this anymore. this is totally perfect because uh, <laughs> this is actually, like, so I, yeah, I tried to get into film school and then whatever, I, t- I got into theater and mm-hmm. thought, okay, what I really want to do is direct, mm. as they say, um, and produce. And because I've been a lighting guy for, I, I started off uh, helping a local community youth theater called Stewartstown Summer Theater for the Stewartstown United Methodist Church, which is a tiny village or borough or township or whatever the technical term in Pennsylvania is. Um, it's a borough, I'm sorry. Um, You're forgiven. <laughs> uh, so I, I love the facilitation of creative achievement. The facilitation of creative achievement. I'm not huh. necessarily, wow. the, yeah, I don't know. I'm not the most productively, like, I don't, I can't ideate, like, just create worlds out of myself, but I can certainly help somebody achieve that along the way, which is why I still do theater, why I'm still in lighting, um, and why I like to do assisting and production management if I could in producing, because I don't necessarily have to generate the ideas, I just have to help somebody realize it. Yeah. You know what's weird is I actually feel the same way. I, I don't feel like I'm the creator of universes at all, even hmm. as a even as a playwright. Hmm. I don't I, I feel like I would be if I were Stephen King and I were a novelist. But I really feel like um everything I do is kind of it's 
on its own, it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. And it, and I, I, that's kind of the the cool thing about theater is that we're all kind of facilitating. Something I, I don't know how I don't know how to describe it. I feel like there's we're all it's kind of a circle instead of it. I feel like a lot of things are treated as a hierarchy, mm-hmm. and and I really feel like theater, at least the kind of theater that I like, is a circle where. There is no there. I mean, yes, someone has to be. There are people who are in charge, right? But we're all there to push each other in a circle mm-hmm. and make the thing, instead of one person's thing being being what we gather. I, I don't know how. Again, I don't know. No, this I, is just. I'm thinking. I'm st- yeah. saying it as I'm thinking it, so it's not articulate. But um, <laughs> that's sort of what I do. Is I just say what I'm thinking, and then I apologize for how inarticulate I am. <laughs> As you get to know me, you'll you'll realize this is what I do all the time. <laughs> um, but that's really interesting. So you feel that way as a producer and director, or I, that's why I would like to be a producer and okay. director. But the story of my life is to be on the side. So on that side track, being in the room and not knowing how to go from being the PA in the room to being the director, mm-hmm. or even to being the assistant to the director or the assistant director or any part of that. I don't know how to do that. Uh, that's part of that's that's who you know. And when you've moved around as much as I have, connections are often. Oh, you're hard talking to come about by. actually. Okay, you're talking about like getting the job, not so much the fil- the philosophy, but like the. Well, definitely both. Getting it's in both. the room. Yeah, getting, getting in, in the room. room yeah. But also, that's my philosophy when in the room. Like I don't need, I don't subscribe to a tour theory. I don't, and I am not a genius in any way. So in order to get something great out of the people that I'm working with, I need to surround myself with great people, and then we'll all in the circle push each other to something that is hopefully at least aiming at great yeah well I mean you're as far as getting in the room this is this kind of stuff I think is how people get in the room it's just you're getting to know each other yeah that's that, that's part of the podcast that's all there yeah. like <laughs> it's but have you thought of a career in radio? <laughs> <laughs> I'm contemplating one at the moment. Because um, there are so many careers in radio, too. <laughs> it's a real good time to be broadcasting. <laughs> no, I I, um, I was kind of laughing to myself because you have, to me, you have like an NPR voice, which <laughs> makes you, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know what he looks like, but he's got a total NPR voice. This is awesome. Sweet. I mean, <laughs> the thought has crossed my mind. I admit, if I run a podcast, there's a local, well, the national NPR is right there, and there are several mm-hmm. local affiliates. Is like, hey, you should talk about Washington theater. Hey, I do that. Um, can I do that? Get for it on you? the Whammo. Yeah. Get it on. Get it on the Whammo. Yeah, that's, that's. Oh man, it's on the long term goal list. But then, if you if you're on if you're on the AMU, you have to ask me to come back. Absolutely. Then I'll be upset. <laughs> Although the Shakespeare theater, this is great. Shakespeare theater great wonderful it's this an interesting is, is much too. better than amu <laughs> <laughs> sorry I, I decided to get really drunk and come to this um i'm kidding i mean you got to take that edge off somehow my jokes are terrible i'm sorry i love danielle <laughs> molman and i'm not drunk there's no field sobriety test here. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I'm not going to check. You can say whatever idiots. you feel like. I'm blowing it, aren't I? No, this is fantastic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Yes. Anyway. Uh. So. Um. Uh, where were we? 
what were we? We were talking about getting you in the room. We were oh, talking yeah. about a few things. We were kind of kind of at the same time. Multi pronged approach there. Yeah. 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 I would like to get in the room too. Yeah. That's yeah. I would. <laughs> I feel. I've it like, does feel self evident when you say that, though, doesn't it? It's like, well, duh. That's the place to be. Like I would in like that room. To be is in the room. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm like, am I ever gonna work? And de- am I ever gonna work at like an equity house in my own town? I do not know the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's um. It's a weird. It's a weird scene, isn't it? It totally is. It's a weird scene. And Can you hear me drinking this water, by the way? Is that disruptive? I I can't. No, not really. It's a very... I think the lack <sighs> of ice really <laughs> helps. It's DC tap. It's real good. <laughs> I'm setting it down very quietly. Whoop, there we go. Yeah. I don't know the answers. I, I don't know. It's. It seems like such a... It's it's like this cyclone of like luck and mm-hmm. uh, working really really hard. I don't know. I I don't know. Yep, I'm I'm happy. I don't know to uh, to bring people who don't know together so that eventually we'll all just do it. Uh, yeah, which is interesting. I I mean, so I pushed my friends. Um. It's, it's, I'm just thinking about them on Twitter. Like, uh, if Your they li- if if they listen to this, if Brendan Gallagher and <laughs> <laughs> Chris Maxwell listen to this, and I think they do, Chris Maxwell runs a podcast actually, which is one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is because he did it so successfully. They're on episode like 92 of uh, At High on Film, which is a great one. Um, it's it's a fun comedy game based movie thing, which is really clever, and I love it, especially the. Um, Trash Star Destroy is their little take your temperature game where they get to know what you're because they, they invite a guest on sometimes they don't know this person uh, the person picks a movie and then they watch it and then they play a series of games about it but in order to get a sense of what this person's movie tastes are like you play a game that's basically fuck Mary kill but mm-hmm. with movies so Trash Star Destroy you have you can trash a movie which means remove it from existence okay it never gets made um, you can star in a movie, or you can destroy it by having the only version of it ever being written and directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> Isn't that a great concept? Like, I, this is this should be a parlor game. We should have like a home edition or an app or something. Just the app just throws out some random suggestions. Like, here's mm-hmm. the three movies and go. And you listen listening to them, you get some really brutal choices, and it's so much fun. Oh, that's such a great idea. Yeah, I love it. It's like almost as good as Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Oh, that uh, almost is good. Uh, well, I mean, I'm. It, I'm might, a, it might be equally good. Actually. It might be. It, it, I'm a super nerd about that thing, and I think a lot more people will enjoy. Trash you gotta Star make Destroy. this game quickly, though, because just now you said it, and now people are gonna already thinking steal about your it. idea. There we go. I hope so. I hope I have ideas worth stealing. Uh, but we so <laughs> to go back to the original point of the story that I was telling, was it? Yeah, it was a story. Yeah. Um, so we were all. It's interesting. I'm in a different age cohort than all of them. I, I'm about six to seven years older than they are. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is in 2004, five, 2003, 2004, somewhere in there. We were doing, um, they were about to go to college for the first time. And I had just finished up, I was just finishing up college the second time. So I was in the middle of my master's degree. And we'd all, and uh, with Will Jenkins, who actually is the director of uh, Sun Summer Theater now, um, 
we did comedy together and we wrote short films together but for a while we just talked about it and during the summer I was like look we're all here together right now so instead of talking about it here's an idea here's a key we're gonna everyone's gonna write their own script uh, whatever make it short 15 30 pages whatever and then we'll all work on it together so we'll produce each other's scripts hmm. and I wrote a script and produced it and it is terrifyingly bad like epically bad um, and then at least two other scripts got written but we never actually ended up doing it instead we made a documentary a, a mockumentary uh, there's the air quotes again for the listeners um, called This Is Fiddler which is a total ripoff of Spinal Tap mm-hmm. and that 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 impetus that decision well let's just do it didn't work out the first time but now Chris lives in LA and his friend has you know a degree in acting and Brendan has a degree in writing and is is actually writing and has writing partners and is producing his own uh, web series and television pilots and he's out in LA and Will is uh, the director at, uh, at uh, Susquehanna local high school again and like just that decision which is why I did the podcast as well it's like you know what I love listening to podcasts and I love DC theater and I love the people on Twitter and, and this social circle that we have nobody's doing it so I will just do it yeah and that's why I love about Cat Fringe is it's like ideal as well. It's like, okay, we're not going to curate this. We're not going to judge this festival. We are just going to provide practical support for people who have whatever insane idea they want. And that's genius. And just letting, you know, 10,000 flowers bloom and then just letting people do it. It's great. And uh, yeah, so tapping into that is what this is about, kind of. Cool. And meeting people like you who are also doing that or... Well, I mean, I, I feel like I should be. I'm not, I'm, I, I haven't, I'm kind of guilty of not, I'm not kind of DIYing the way mm. I feel like I should be. It's hard to do without, I just don't, do I, I don't know how I would do it at yeah. this point. I, I don't, but I do feel a lot of pressure because mm. my stuff is not out there all the time. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, but the, the thought of it is very daunting to self-produce. Yeah, but I, is, I, yeah. again, I aspire to being someone who is much more out there and, um, you know, on the scene yeah. than I am. Hopefully I've, let, we'll I've let things get in the way. <laughs> and I've let my own exhaustion get in the way of a lot of things that I care about. So. I hear that. Totally. Oh, well. That's actually one, in, in addition to producing this podcast, the decision that I made, I'd been in lighting for so long and sort of like theater creativity adjacent that, but I was a, so I was a board op and a light board programmer mm. at Shakespeare Theater and, um, uh, and for four years at the Alley. And what that does by putting you on that production schedule on being, running the shows is completely ruins your ability to connect with people who are trying to produce theater. Be- right. Even though you're producing theater at a high level yourself and you know many of the things that need to be done and you have a, we have a really keen idea of like logistics because like it, I mean, people say it derisively, but it's a play factory. All the regional theaters are play factories. 
I don't I I happen to think they don't produce enough plays, but I understand why they feel they do about the the number that they do produce and their goal is to churn out content. And the, the everything needs to be toward facilitating that whether it's, you know, artistically great or not isn't necessarily always part of the you you aim for it obviously, but it it's just sometimes it's just not in the cards. Sometimes you have to do a Christmas carol. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to do Dracula and that can be fun, but you know, no one's move. I mean, you, you do change the world in the sense that people like you are in the audience and like realizing that they could do this is like yeah. mind blowing. But I can't actually apply any of those lessons if I work for the theater. Yeah, yeah. I um, they when I when I was younger, people you know I, I would be you know I was in school and things like that, and everyone would say, "Don't stage manage." Because if you stage manage, you're never going to get hired as an actor. And mm-hmm. they're right, you know. <laughs> um, I think it depends on the timing for that. Because, you know, when I, I was a kid, I was learning how theater is made. And there's value in seeing how the sausage is made. Absolutely. But once you know how the sausage is made, maybe you want to get out of that. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and so is it's like practical stuff, like, you're, you know, where the hours, you, you know... Um, but yeah, I, I don't ever want to work for theater again. I don't ever want to work in it because I because I even after I stopped stage managing, my day jobs were in the arts, you know. And I was right. doing um, like I worked for TCG for a few oh, years, okay. and so that was another a, a different kind of sausage making, but absolute. And that and and so it wasn't even just at night; it were doing shows. You're you're doing shows at uh, I'm doing it too. I was doing shows at night. And then during the day, I'm in this day job that you think you're in, th- you think you're working in the theater and you're not, you know, yeah. it's, it's the sausage factory. So <laughs> again, learned a ton, yeah. learned a ton about things, more about, more so about um, money and politics mm-hmm. of theater than like at CATF where you're learning how, how to run a light board and stuff like that. Right. But um I think the trans and it's different for everybody. I think you and I are, are similar in this. Like, well, how do I, how do I transition into a creative role? And I think that's what I'm starting. I, I, I've been writing for about four and a half years, four oh, wow. years. So, okay. just and I'm just starting to kind of get be comfortable with where I am. Um, I might be going on a tangent right now. I'm not sure. But this is this is all stuff that's it's really it's really hard to process all of this stuff because it's like we're we're so we're so we're Americans so it's like what uh. I'm paid to do is who I am. Mm-hmm. There's this kind of well I don't work I'm not paid by the the theater so I don't work in theater. There's this kind of mentality that I'm trying to and maybe that's that's where the parallel is for me that that's not my job mm-hmm. but it, it's my vocation yeah. and it's it's what gets me out of bed <laughs> so I don't know I think everyone has to kind of kind of work it out yeah and I, and it's yeah. hard it can be hard to get to step away I, I feel really I miss being in a room like this I mean this to me is looking around and I mean it's like a it's being in these types it's like a church to me it's mm. like a the environment in here is what I miss, mm-hmm. and I, 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 every time I come into a theater, I feel a little sad because I don't make it. I don't make it <laughs> anymore. 
Um, and I and so yeah, it's I think a push and pull of like, well, I had to give up some stuff. Hmm. No, I don't get to sit in the rehearsal room anymore. I get to write plays. And you said that's what you wanted to do, self. <laughs> so that's what you're. <laughs> so that's what you're gonna do, and you're gonna have to be okay with not being in the room, oh, and, yeah, and yeah. missing the way the lights feel right now, and the way that it smells, the the that kind of like sawdust and that that like that paint smell. I God, I just I miss it so bad. Mm. I miss sitting backstage. I really, and I it's kind of weird to talk about like my tech years with nostalgia but I miss sitting in the dark I miss my little mag light it was just like the most special time I'm like getting emotional even thinking about it that, I, <laughs> and I, I just miss theater yeah uh, <laughs> I, it's it's so great that you say that because one of the reasons one of, one of the things that I specifically wanted to do with this podcast, I, I have absolutely enjoyed um, interviewing playwrights. Yeah. Everyone I've interviewed so far is a playwright, um, among other things. Uh, but I specifically want to make more inclusive the idea of the, tech, the place of the technician in this mm-hmm. theater world. And a lot of people, including playwrights, just because of the nature of that gig is that you don't get the same experience that the technician does. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's a, it would be a twisted world, but the best way possible to understand your work is to see it 40 times. Mm-hmm. And no one thinks to ask, like, I mean, stage managers do get occasionally asked. They are very often partners in the creative process once you reach a certain level with the stage manager and the director. If there's a rapport between the director and the stage manager, then that that can be a very productive relationship True. but no one is asking so and granted most lightboard operators supremely do not give a shit mm-hmm. about whatever they are wa- whatever they are not watching because 40 times is a lot to see something especially if you've like zoned out if you don't already don't like it or aren't engaged in it then 40 times is a lot let alone like 87 which is how many henrys we did um, it's a lot. It's a long time. You get, you get, and it has nothing to do with the quality of the show at all. Like, there's only one show that I've ever, that I've ever just not zoned out on completely. Yeah. And that was Sarah Rule's Eurydice, which is 90 minutes. So when you were a lightboard up? When I was a lightboard okay. up, yeah. So I check out a lot, but I'm also, when I don't check out, like, I see the I see the beats every every night. I see the beats in the play every night. I see the action developing. I see like, oh, this this detail doesn't match up with this detail. Things that an audience member who sees it once and a reviewer who sees it once will not catch. Get it. Yeah. But something that could really actually help the play reach another level is is that constant repetition of the performance of it, not the reading of it. Because when I read it, like I just there's it doesn't work. Like, yeah. It's not the same thing at all. And mo- most people, when they think about theater, they think about designers, they think about directors, they think about actors, and they think about playwrights. But they, if they're really clued in, they think about stage managers. But they almost never think about flightboard operators, mm-hmm. soundboard operators, A2s, stage ops, people who run the fly rail, the people who, in wigs and wardrobe, who have crazy epic stories. I don't even know if they I can... I think about them. 
Well, Mostly because that's where that's where my head is every time I come to a show. I'm like looking around. Yeah, and this stage management will turn on that. If you're if you're involved in that level of it, you there's another experience that being in the theater triggers. It's not just the world you're watching on stage. It's the realization. It's, the whole un- it's this whole universe. Yeah. It's it's like a machine. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's one of my favorite things about coming to the theater. Is is not so much. I mean, I love the medium. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to. I love the medium, but I, I love being in a theater and knowing the whole time that there's, you know, 15 people, uh, 360 degrees around me making this thing happen. And that's kind of, that's part of the cool, I, I just, yeah. I love it. And I, I will also say every show I've worked on, whether, you know, not as a playwright, but in the past, like show, show, mm-hmm. every production I've worked on, whether it was crew or being in it. I started to get the show in the last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I really, I was like, oh, okay. Now, even, and I shouldn't admit this, because when I'm, you're in the show, you should be really get it. But, I mean, I really felt, like, in it right before it ended, because mm-hmm. it took me that, I'm a slow, I'm, I pick up things very slowly. Um, not, I'm not stupid, but, I mean, right. I, I just, I absorb things slowly, and so... That yeah, that's what would happen, and I'm like, oh, maybe I never really put those together. That and I was, and, you know, I think if you're if you're running the light board, it can it can be rote, it can be mm-hmm. you know this up oh, well, stand my okay go mm-hmm. uh, okay <laughs> yeah. go I use the time to go home when because of I had so many crew jobs where mm. I was the ASM and I was on the side and there was nothing to do. <laughs> Except, you know, you're listening, you're listening to a play in the dark every single day. And that is very interesting, actually. And I haven't thought about this until you're saying it now. Um, That's fascinating. Oh, man. It's something special. And a lot of people don't don't know about it, aren't clued into it. And I I love that we're having this conversation (laughs) so that they get an inkling of of what it's like, this what it's like. Well, a lot of people go from acting to writing. I don't know a, ho- a whole lot of people who go from tech to writing. Yeah. Or in my case, tech to acting to writing. Mm-hmm. But I wonder what that means, if it means anything. I don't know. It, I mean, it's fascinating because most of the people who are, are technicians, like I, like I said, quite a few of them really don't care about theater as a medium or whatever they're doing on stage. Or right. They care about the artisanal thing that they are doing. They are lightboard programmers. They are awesome at the fly rail. Like, like automation is their thing. That's what they love, and theater lets them do it. But, sure. But the fact that Henry is dying over there is not particularly interesting to them. Yeah, yeah. If you go in it, if you go into it without that, because I, I always wanted to be an artist. It's right. Not exactly. Like I, same here. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but uh, but I you know I I would I always encourage. Like when younger people are like, oh, how do I get into theater? I always encourage them to do tech mm-hmm. because simply, especially stage management, because, you know, if you're doing tech. Yeah, you get to see a lot of stuff. But stage management is even better because you're in the rehearsal. Yes. And you get to see absolutely everything that goes on. You get to see how directors interact with with actors, how you get to see actors understand their characters and how they and how they're working that out. And it actually, it, and if you're if you're lucky enough to work in on contemporary plays or new plays, you get to see a lot of how the script comes off the page, yeah. and I think that's 
and you're literally you're looking at you're you're doing they're waiting you know they're you got to watch the lines so you, you're reading you're reading the damn script for eight hours a day you know like it, um i so i always tell i tell people asm yeah no i <laughs> The first thing I did when ASM. I moved to New York was to be a production assistant. <laughs> yeah. uh, for that reason, it's like I just need to be in the rehearsal room. Be in the re- yes. I, I just need to. I just need it. Yes. If if anything, to to, I, 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 I again have to say the value of seeing how the sausage is made mm. because I idolized theater for so before when I was younger and I didn't know what a, what was going on. Sorry, we're out of time. No, no, no. I'm just oh. keeping alive. <laughs> um. And. Uh, what was I saying? Sausage. Yeah. Sausage fest. Well, you're, there's that too. It's definitely a sausage fest out there. But uh, anyway. Oh, um, that's, yeah, that's an interesting topic. <laughs> no, no, no. Sausage, sausage. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry about I that. I totally didn't mean to break your for, flow there. For, we're going to commercial break. <laughs> anyway. That's a pretty good Stage management. Yes. It's great. Everybody do it except when except when you don't. I think it's good to do. I don't. I wouldn't want to do it now. <laughs> Since, uh, you can. I, I could do it when I was you know, twenty, and I didn't need food. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I did need food. There was a, I, <laughs> one time I was eating. I had no money. I mean, I had no. I was yeah. living off a stipend. Yep. So I was eating. I was eating pasta. Every oh, yeah. day. Super cheap. Yep. I still eat lots of pasta, but this is all I was eating. Pasta with nothing on it. And I was smoking because everyone else was. So oh, I was smoking. And I was in West Virginia, so there were, cigarettes were like negative dollars. <laughs> and, you know, I, 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 and one day during rehearsal, I actually, I actually blacked out. Oh, wow. Because I had, and I had a, my stage man, the stage manager was incredible, this incredible woman. Um, who was basically a mentor and put up with a lot of mistakes from me. And she was like, you need to eat pro- protein, <laughs> comma, moron. Like, she, <laughs> you need to eat protein. And I was like, oh, I guess I do. Yeah. But yeah, so I couldn't do it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're equity, I guess you're all right. But. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I wouldn't even. I don't know. That's a tough. Woo. For sure. love it. If you're, uh, you're going to do stage management, make sure you're on the equity path because yeah. non-equity is a, is a, is a wild and it's, wooly it's world. No, it's no good. Yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> Even equity <laughs> theater isn't for the faint of heart. Think, imagine the terrors that whole are oh, waiting for you. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's so horrible. Yeah. Yeah, so, sta- so stage management. Freudian slip. So playwriting <laughs> is actually a great... Even though I miss theater, stage... There, I said it again! Oh, I think this is, there's someone telling me I need to go back into stage management. <laughs> That's so horrifying. <laughs> Playwriting, the writing of the plays, yes. is great because I realized this maybe a year or two ago. I was like, oh, aha! Because I always... I love being backstage, and I wanted to be on stage but couldn't role with that business and I was like this is perfect it's both it's Mm -hmm. I get to be behind the scenes and I get to stand in the back you know and not have to deal with anybody (laughs) and but I'm also on stage I get to be a a part of this performance and I was like this is really ooh, 
this makes sense. Mm -hmm. Now, if only I could have figured that out when I was 25. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. But I'm, you know, I'm a crazy person who needs to get over it. Cry me a river, Liz. Build a bridge and get over it. <laughs> I'm, uh, in my, I'm in my 30s. Yeah, and the it's 30s. Okay. It's pretty terrifying to be in your 30s. <laughs> Great. Well, hey, look. Great. Like I said, I I am uh, my my creative friends. I am I am distinctly older than them. They are a, uh -huh. a cohort behind. Like, you could actually say it's very interesting. People like to talk about generational dividing lines, mm. and what is the generational dividing line in America? To me, at the experience that I had in college, was Columbine is a very different world in high school post-Columbine than it was pre-Columbine. Mm -hmm. And that has impacted a lot of people in a way that I don't, eh, that's a think piece, I think. Somebody should slate pitch that. Um, and it allows me to feel young-ish, but there are definitely moments I'm like, man, I didn't know what I was doing for like a solid seven years. And I'm really behind, and they got it immediately. Like they went into what they wanted to do, and now they're doing it. It's a long right. slog, and it sucks. You know, cog in the machine, building your way, creating matter to become a bigger cog, and all of that. But they took the steps necessary to do that way sooner, and now I am mid thirties. I feel exactly the same yeah. way. Yeah. I feel and I feel bad because I bring it up a lot. <laughs> And do a lot of pity parties about it. And pe I, I think, you know, it's annoying to people, but I feel exactly the same way. Because it, it's just the way I'm wired. It took me a long time to figure out who I am. Yeah. And um, I need to not be ashamed of that. It's just hard when, when you, you know, there's always, there's always like the star. There's always like the genius kids. Yeah. And there are so many of them. And, and there are so many people who are... Um, who just know what they want and right off the bat and they go after it and they and they're smart and they do well and I, I know a lot of people like that mm -hmm. and um it's hard not to f I feel jealous a lot of the times of because I'm like oh man I wish I had that kind of time you know um but that's not the case yeah it's not the case so I'm hoping this has been a big year of learning actually 2014 has been a huge I haven't worked much this year mm -hmm. but it's been a huge year in terms of learning things really facing things like this so it's been fascinating um so I have high hopes for next year awesome <laughs> maybe the odd, I think the odd number years <laughs> are actually they always I'm serious 2011 was when like I really started 2012 was horrible 2013 was awesome. I had like three shows. Wow. And then this year, you know, yeah. it was a little quiet year. Uh -huh. oh, there was stuff, there was a lot of stuff that happened in the winter. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been a quiet summer, things like that. Although I went to a great conference that was really relaxed. Oh. And I really enjoyed it. Um, and it made me realize that I don't want, I'm not flashy. You know, it kind of like that's another thing. I'm like, oh, I'm not. I, I, I really look up to these cool, like the cool playwrights, right. you know, and all like the cool, like they have cool, you know, like outfits and they yeah, walk yeah. around, you know, like I have some cool outfits, but not that many. <laughs> and like, you know, and they like 
live in Brooklyn and are just cool. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh man, I'm just not that cool. And I need to be okay with that. And uh, I just want to wear my hiking boots and sit <laughs> in the woods and, and write, you know, <laughs> maybe that's okay. <laughs> I was in the mountains. So, I was, know, I, and that's I, what I, happens. I assume that was apropos. When you're, yeah. and, then, and then you come back out of the mountains and you're like, oh man, I still want to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> How do I get cool? I don't know the answer to that question. You're asking the wrong person for that. That's a question for you, audience. Is there something I can do to my website to, to make me look more cool? Uh, no, really. I'm, no, I'm just kidding. No, I, I, like the, I like the picture on the front page. That's the, was that at the Artisphere? The, oh, the hand on yeah. my website? Oh, that's a, it's a hand. Mm. Oh, that was so awesome. That was actually one of my favorite shows. That was from my show wasn't my show my play condo mm-hmm. condo condo land oh which was done by emp collective and in, oh. in baltimore baltimore actually i said it right it's baltimore bald baltimore baltimore um <laughs> and uh we they had this it has like this kind of video draw like this weird thing where the guy talks to the tv and um so they actually made this tv that had a like a mesh I don't know, like a mesh thing for the screen. And so there's one point where where the guy is reaching to the TV and the, and the TV reach, you know, oh, he yeah. like reaches into the TV. But it was just really cool. It was cool. That was a fun show. Mm. <laughs> they seem like fun people from Twitter, like the stuff oh, that they yeah. do. Is, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, it, that's a cool group of people. And they love they love movies. And a lot of, like, mm. I think they're, they're kind of... Um, they have a really advanced taste, that group of people, um, which I think makes it all the more fun to work, to work, to do work with them. Because I'm like, whatever I do, whatever I do, that's related, that's involved with that group at all, it's gonna be like weird and cool and cool. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, they're awesome. I feel really lucky to to know those guys. There's a lot of people I feel lucky to know. Oh yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah, relationships—they're important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the thing about this theater thing. It's kind of a community gig. It is. It's hard for those of us who don't meet people very easily. Word, um, word, <laughs> word. Yeah, but you're doing. You're. You're. This is good. Yeah. This is. I'm. I'm. I'm happy with the way this has started out. I, yeah. I was really surprised. I was. I was flattered that you wanted to talk to me oh yeah one of the first people <laughs> i was yeah I was super like, oh, excited about it i'm feel like kind of like a nobody <laughs> but you should feel like a rock star is what you should feel like that's what you're gonna sound like thanks oh this. okay awesome are you gonna do like a put something on my voice so it sounds <laughs> we're gonna auto-tune so it's like, it so it's like hello <laughs> hi i don't know that was terrible <laughs> <laughs> I can only see your eyes. I can't I know, see your I'm mouth, d- so I can't really tell. I feel like I do have to I figure out a really way to tell what you're thinking. Arrange this so we so that people can speak into the mic and <laughs> see each other. Because right now, it's, uh, I'm getting a lot of mic, and yeah, yeah. It's I'll awful. try to sit up. There we go. Posture. There we go. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, have been doing it for an hour. Oh. I believe. Let me double check my handy. 
Yes, an hour and nine minutes, actually. Excellent. So this is uh, where we would usually wrap up. If mm-hmm. you have, or if you're Patrick Flynn, we would talk, we would in- insert a little break and keep going for another hour. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Or alternatively, you could, uh, do you have anything you want to plug? I wish I did. Mm-hmm. I actually, when you asked me to, to, I was like, I don't know, maybe I should say no because I don't have anything going on. <laughs> I'm going to look like a, you know, but um, I actually, <laughs> yeah, I got nothing going on right now, so I don't have anything to plug. Right. I could try, let me see, who else can I plug? Oh, sure. It doesn't have to be you, yeah. Is Tiny House Play still running? Uh, yes, it runs through I October 12th. Have you been? Yeah, I've been. Oh, so cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You should go. P.S. I want one of those houses. Oh, my gosh, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's my dream. So cool. But, yeah, I would see that. And what else is happening? I feel like I haven't seen that many shows. I saw, Well, I saw Marie Antoinette. Yeah, we're just rolling into this season cool. proper. Oh, yeah? You should see it. Cool. I will. That's one of the glorious things about not running shows is I can actually see them. Yes. Magic. Um, Kimberly Gilbert. Mm-hmm. That's all I need to say. Mm-hmm. Kimberly Ethan Gilbert. <laughs> I, I try not to curse at all today. Um, so I said Ethan. Yeah. Um, what other shows are happening that I can plug? Synetic? I've been really, yeah, I haven't seen a whole lot lately because I've been, I haven't been around much on, on the weekends and mm. stuff. But um, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff I'm not thinking of that's cool. Do you want to talk about your... your do you mind if I give out your Twitter? No. You are at not. Liz. How do you say your last name, actually? Well, we say it Maestri. Maestri. Like pastry, okay. mm-hmm. which isn't really an elegant way of saying my last name, but that's what they say, so that's what we do. All right. At Liz Maestri. M-A-E-S-T-R-I. Yes. It's the, it's the plural of maestro. There we go. More than one maestros. <laughs> Maestri. Yes. That's me. Visit right. us at www.lizmaestry.com. There you go, folks. That's how it's done. Backslash, uh, I don't know. Never mind. It's forward slash on the web. The train has derailed. <laughs> See, you should start. We should start. We should do a dummy hour. <laughs> so you get the feel of it and then do the And then hour. do the podcast. <laughs> and that's all she wrote. Ha, ha, ha.